welcome. <laughs> blessings to you, blessings to all. Welcome to Pacoima First United Methodist Church. I'm Pastor Luis Garcia, pastor of this congregation, welcoming you in the name of the Lord. Welcome to you worshiping with us online. Blessings to you and to your family. Welcome everyone to this place that we call church. And that is the communion of the saints, the family of God that meets here at 11.15 to worship God, to learn about God, and to be sent out and do something about our faith. Blessings to you. It is a blessing to be able to wake up, right, to have a cup of coffee. Can I have an amen on that? And then come to church and be ready to worship the Lord. Uh, a special blessing today. We started Bible, Bible school or Sunday school, I may say. Uh, at 10 a.m., everybody is welcome to come. So for now, as we begin this time of praise and worship, I invited you to praise the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, and all your strength. As we worship together, we praise the Lord together. And our worship leaders, the cars. Blessings to you, blessings to all. God. Praise the Lord, everybody. What a blessing it is to be in the house of the Lord one more time. Come on and let's give God some praise this morning. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Who am I? Who am I that you are mindful of me? that you hear me when I call is it true that you are thinking of me how you love me it's amazing I am a friend of God I am friend of God I am a friend of God he calls me friend I am a friend of God I am a friend of God I am a friend of God he calls me friend who am I that you are mindful of me that you hear me when I call when I call is it true Lord that you're thinking of me true that you are thinking of me or oh, how you love me how you love me it's amazing I am a friend of God, a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. Oh, bless the Lord, I am. I am a friend of God. Yeah, I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. God Almighty, Lord of glory, you have called me friend.
to worship the Lord this morning. Oh, light of the world. Light of the world, you stepped out into darkness, opened my eyes, let me see. Beauty that made this heart adore you hope of a life spent with you here i am to worship here i am to bow down here i am to say that you're my God, you're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. King of all days, oh so highly exalted glorious in heaven
became poor. Now come on and make a declaration this morning. That here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. Here I am, here I am to worship, Lord. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful, wonderful to me. I'll never know how much it cost to see my sins upon the. I'll never know. I'll never know how much it cost to see my sins upon the cross here i am to worship here i am to bow down here i am to say that you're my all together Amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. Amen. Yeah, I just wanted to report to uh, Hope that everything was okay last Sunday. Yeah. You, get, you better be careful, okay? You better, yes, it's going to take over. Amen. God is good. All the time. Our God is good. Well, tomorrow, September 11, we will remember the tragedy that covered our country with shadow 22 years ago. For sure, uh, you remember where you were at the moment you heard about what happened that day. On 9-11, we saw the horror 
of war on our soil. But as, as I always say, in that day we experienced the horror of war and the fruit of hate that many people live with every single day in other places on this planet. As John Wesley, uh, the founder of the Methodist movement, uh, said, war is the worst of all evils. And so as we think about these things, uh, especially if it affected us directly, uh, affected all of us directly, I, I might say, I would like to share some words from Jesus when he said, in the world you will have tribulations, but take courage, I have overcome the world. So let's keep praying for peace on earth. Let's keep praying for our church in the whole world. And also let us have in our prayers the people of Morocco as they are dealing with the disasters of a terrible earthquake. As always, Encore, our emergency relief organization is prepared and ready to go and, and help. You can always support um, any emergency in the world via omcor.org. So prayers for, for our country, prayers, prayers uh, for the world. Amen. So at this time, uh, we will have our Bible reading uh, that today comes from the gospel according to Matthew. Gospel according to Matthew chapter 16, verses 21 and 28, uh, through 28, excuse me. And please stand as you are able for the reading of the Word of God. Thank you. Amen. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God, forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Then Jesus told his disciples, if, you, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? For the Son of Man is to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay everyone for what has been done. Truly, I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. The word of God for the people of God. I am a 
friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. God Almighty, Lord of glory, you have called me friend. God Almighty, Lord of glory, you have called me friend. Will you pray with me? The Lord, you are our God. You are our friend. Thank you for that. As we come to this time of preaching and teaching, we pray that, that we can find wisdom and direction. May your Holy Spirit bring wisdom and discernment to our souls, love to our hearts, and the strength to put into action what we hear today. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, my rock and my redeemer, amen and amen. The cost of discipleship. One of the things that I really appreciate about Methodism, and especially from the congregation where I started my journey as a disciple of Christ, is the fact that nobody told me or tried to sell to me the idea that following Jesus was going to be easy. Nobody said to me, Luis, if you follow Christ, your life will be simpler, with no problems, a walk in the park. In fact, it was quite the opposite. <laughs> there is something I remember learning from my first series of discipleship Bible study. Uh, the, the, that Bible study was titled, The Lordship of Jesus Christ. That was, that was the title. And I remember uh, learning that w when you become a, dis a disciple of Christ, when you become a disciple of Christ, when you follow Jesus... Well, yes, he is the Lord, and he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. You can say amen to that. You are also following the one that needed to go to the cross and die for your sins and mine. It was not a walk in the park for Jesus. I learned very early on that the reason he went to the cross was to clean my sins and that those sins and temptations were going to be always knocking at my door 
There were going to be struggles throughout the rest of my life, and they were right. I also learned that while we should not be afraid, we should be aware and careful because our adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Not afraid, but careful. Yes, I also learned that God is good and generous. He has been good to my family. I learned from the story of Abraham and Isaac going to the mountain when Isaac asked his father, but, but father, where is the gold for the sacrifice? Abraham, in faith, said to his son, Jehovah Jireh, our God will provide. God has provided for our family and for our ministries along our journey. I learned that God is slow to anger and rich in mercy. Amen. But I also learned that God was expecting for me to live a life that would reflect that selfless love and ultimate sacrifice of the Lord Jesus on the cross. I learned that living like that would cost me something. Not an easy task, not a walk in the park. Life is not easy, and the Christian life is not easy. So as we move into the teachings of Jesus from the book of Matthew and this sermon series called The Cost of Discipleship, I can reflect on the past uh, two months and the beginning of my pastorate on this uh, congregation uh, as a new beginning, a continuation and extension of what is already here. And I can reflect on how to embrace the vision of the church to make disciples of Christ in the middle of this community. Last month, we looked into some of the examples of how the young church in the book of Acts needed to learn needed to relearn and adapt not only to the new reality, but to the new challenge. Go into the world and make disciples of all nations. All nations. They get a language class for free. Now, we are moving into learning about the cost of discipleship. And how Jesus, pretty much since the beginning of his ministry, but especially in this passage from Matthew chapter 16, how Jesus begins to tell the twelve, begins to teach the disciples about the cost of discipleship. Matthew 16. The first time when Jesus announced to them the need to go to Jerusalem. The first time when the disciples started to hear from Jesus about, if not the most important part of that ministry, the part of ministry which was Jesus' sacrifice in order to save and rescue those 
who were lost. It was not about only teachings anymore, great teachings. Not only about miracles, miracles that were so needed. Not only about the multiplication of bread and fishes or changing the water into wine, which, by the way, was a great miracle. But they, the disciples, the twelve, needed to hear from Jesus about the other part of uh, his ministry, the part that just might be the most important part, the sacrifice of Jesus in order to save and rescue all those who were lost, including you and me. Amen. But they, the disciples, the twelve, kind of had trouble understanding this. Matthew 16, Jesus announced his death for the first time, and the first reaction from the disciples, and especially from Peter, is denial. Denial. God forbid it, Lord. This must never happen to you. Now, uh, for the record, I don't have anything uh, against Peter. And if in heaven, Peter comes to me and says, I heard from the people at Pacoima first, and they told me that you spoke about me in your sermons. Uh, well, first of all, I will know who said that, okay? <laughs> and I might need to think what I would say to Peter. But what I can see here in this, in this passage is that Peter's first reaction is, is denial. And, you know, we, we manifest denial in many ways. We won't go into that. Come to Bible study. We'll talk about that. But I can see that Peter's first reaction is denial. He didn't want, he didn't want for him to suffer. He didn't want for Jesus to suffer. That's, that's fair to say. But Peter even said, we will defend you, Jesus, but, well, we know what happened later in the story when Jesus was arrested. <laughs> they run away uh, and they hide. So, Peter, I'm not sure that you're saying I'm going to be with you the whole thing. So, it was denial. Or maybe a real concern for Jesus. Or maybe they didn't want to leave. Uh, he didn't want to leave his comfort zone. Uh, or maybe a combination of all the above. But one thing for sure, it is in our human nature that we always want to avoid suffering. It is in our human nature. I don't want to suffer, do you? But I want to follow Jesus. Do you? Peter takes apart Jesus, right? Like, you know, come with me. And tries to convince him that, that suffering is not a good idea, right? Uh, 
I think people take what Jesus said to Peter out of context. However, it is one of the most well-known passages in the gospel. Do you remember what Jesus said to Peter after Peter tries to convince Jesus that suffering is not a good idea? Do you remember what Jesus said? Yeah, what he said. Get away from me, Satan. Get away from me, Satan. Very harsh words from Jesus. But, but also, Jesus is not saying that Peter was Satan or, or that he was possessed. But Jesus makes it clear that everyone who opposes, everyone who blocks the fulfillment of the will of God does not belong to God. Does not belong to God. And Jesus gives a very simple explanation for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. And that goes against God. Peter's reaction was a human one. He didn't want suffering. He didn't want for his friend Jesus to suffer. Uh, it was a very human concern. And yet Jesus makes it very clear that everyone who opposes the fulfillment of the will of God does not understand the will of God. And as such, does not belong to God does not belong to God. Fortunately, one of the unique things about the stories of Jesus is that there's always an explanation, an aftermath, or an ending to the story, so we can understand why he said that, um, although Peter probably felt very, very bad at that moment. And here Jesus kind of explained the reason for his reaction. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, uh, then Jesus told his disciples, remember, uh, he was, he was uh, taking uh, uh, with Peter, he was with Peter, talking to Peter. Uh, he calls out Peter, right? I think the other disciples must have heard uh, that, uh, and you know, probably they say, ooh, poor Peter, uh, busted, busted. Uh, then Jesus told his disciples, if any want, if any want to come, my followers, excuse me, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Right there, there is another sermon for another time. But you know, Jesus just told them what was going to be the cost for him. The cross. And now he's telling them and telling us what is the cost of discipleship. Deny ourselves. Take up our cross and follow Jesus. Again, the cost of, for Jesus was paying for our salvation on the cross. What is going 
what is it going to cost you? What is it going to cost me? You know, deny ourselves. Apostle Paul says, and it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. Can we, can we say that? Can we say that? Take up their cross. Again, Apostle Paul from in Galatians again. For now on, let's no one make trouble for me, for I carry the marks of Jesus branded on my body. Can, can we say that? Or follow me, and in this case, Peter said, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. Are we sure of that? The cost for Jesus paying for our salvation, the cross. What is it going to cost you and me? You know, suffering and the suffering church. Earlier in this message, I was talking about my church in Mexico, where I began to learn about the cost of discipleship. And again, it is not that I have not been blessed. I have received much more than, than what I, I deserve. But, but I think you will understand what I'm talking about. And I, I share all this with a lot of respect and humility. Because when we talk about suffering, and especially about the suffering church, I'm amazed and I'm blessed by the commitment and resiliency of the black church here in the state. It is an example. It is a testimony. By no means do the experiences compare to those of the Methodist church in Mexico. In, in the time I started to going to the church there. But there are some similarities in the source and in the nature of the situations of the suffering. So let me explain. Mexico is considered to be a Christian country since the great majority of people are, are Catholic. And so the Methodists are part, of, let's say, of a minority as Protestant Christians. Okay? Uh, although things have changed a little, but when I started to go to the Methodist church uh, more than 40 years ago, can you take that out of the... <laughs> I feel old now. But yeah, at that time, we were a religious minority that although we were not persecuted personally in, in our city, it's a big city, but we definitely felt like we didn't belong to that society because we were not part of the right church. Uh, have you experienced that? Mm -hmm. Now, at that time, uh, uh, and still in some cases, uh, sporadically, but still happen, especially in rural areas in, in certain parts of Mexico, uh, where at any time Protestant Christians can be chased away because of their faith, especially because they don't want to follow the rules of the people in power, uh, because those rules uh, might involve heavy drinking in the town's party. 
And the people in power were losing money. You know, unfortunately, these days is is more tragic because it happens in areas where narcos are in control. So when we hear about displacement and forced migration, we, we can be sure that religious persecution is also part of the migration that we see these days. So even today, there are places, and not only in Mexico, but in the world, where there is still that kind of cost for being a disciple of Christ. The church of Christ is still suffering and we need to pray about it. We need to pray about it. So counting the cost involves sacrifice. I wonder about the disciples and how they felt about those words from Jesus. And looking back, we can see that, that when, when push came to shove, when Jesus was arrested, the disciples abandoned Jesus. They went away. But three days later, three days later, that Sunday morning, they were reminded of the promise. They were reminded of the promise. At the beginning, they, they couldn't believe that. Yeah. It took time, a few weeks, or maybe a lifetime. For God, through the Spirit, to work with them. It took time for the disciples to do what, what Jesus demanded. That, that his followers carry the cross. But they learned. They did it. There is a list uh, that tradition tells about how the disciples went all the way for Jesus. Andrew, the, 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 the disciple, died on a cross. James, son of Zebedee, was beheaded. The other James, son of Alphaeus, was beaten to death. Thomas, probably in India, was run through with a spear. Matthew was slain by the sword, etc. And how about Peter? My friend Peter. Well, Peter was crucified. Tradition tells that, that he requested being crucified upside down. He said, I'm not worthy to die the same death as my Lord. Peter certainly learned the lesson. So the demands that Jesus makes upon those who would follow him are extreme. The disciples learn that. The disciples learn the hard way, but they endured. And how about us? How about you and me? Christianity is not a Sunday morning uh, thing. And for all of us that call ourselves Christians, 
what is required is to die to ourselves. And this shakes our foundations, uh, tips over our priorities, sometimes uh, puts us against friends and even family, uh, and make us strangers in this world. And yet, if we can do that, if we can deny ourselves, if we can take up our cross and follow Jesus, it is only, it is only by God's work of grace in each one of us. Amen. As I said, these stories have always a happy ending and in God there's always a happy ending the future always has a happy ending it might not be now it might not be soon but but when Jesus finishes with this word of hope we better believe it we better believe it. Verse 27, chapter 16 of Matthew. For the Son of Man is to come with his angels and the glory of his Father. And then he will repay everyone for what has been done. We will be repaid. Many times we feel that we are being paid right now. But we will be repaid. When we see how the life of the disciples ended, when we see the troubles and tribulation of our churches throughout history, it is very human to think about how we will be restored or repaid. Sometimes we might feel that we are suffering too much while the bad person is enjoying life. But it might be, it might be because God has not finished with us yet. Are we the finished product? Certainly not me. God is still working with us. So, sisters and brothers, let me tell you that. Even when we feel that suffering is here to stay. When we see that things are not as they should be. When we feel that the future is uncertain. Even when we feel broken. It might mean that God has not finished with us yet. And he is going to make all things new and better. All things new and better. So that's why even when we suffer, even when we feel broken, we can remember, and yet again, we can remember the words from God to Jeremiah. Just like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. God is telling you and me, I have not finished with you.
I have not finished with Pacoima first. I have not finished with you, with your family, with your job situation, with your life. And in any case, although in our specific situation we might feel broken and defeated, remember that Jesus promised complete restoration. Remember that in Jesus we have victory. Remember that we believe in a Lord that is seated at the right hand of the Father. And so despite the hardship in life, victory is ours. Victory is yours. Victory is mine. Lord, the Lord is still working on us. And you can say amen to that. Amen to that. If you know this one, sing it. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. I told Satan, get thee behind. Victory today is mine. Joy is mine. Joy is mine. Joy is mine. Joy today is mine. Victory is ours, and so despite the hardship of life, victory is ours. You may be seated. The proof after a Friday of passion on the third day, resurrection. Because he lives, we can live tomorrow. Would you pray with me? God of mercy and grace, you see us uh, for the imperfect vessels we are. Our worship is imperfect. Our service is imperfect. Uh, our giving is imperfect. We fail uh, when we uh, want to, to do your will. Yet your love and patience is unlimited. So, holy God, we were called to follow you without counting the costs. And sometimes we feel like, like if our tanks are half full. We're thirsty. We're tired. 
So we pray, O oh God, we pray today, fill us with your living water. Fill us with your living water so we no longer hide in the crowd ignoring Christ's call. Strengthen us to pick up our cross and follow where you lead. Help us take stock of our motives and intentions and our needs for the journey that we may finish the course in faith. Dear God, we bring our lives to you and pray that in the loving hands of the potter they might be rescued and made new and beautiful for your honor and your glory. We pray for the suffering church around the world. We pray for the church and the people in Morocco. We pray for unity in the Christian church. We pray for our land. We pray for our country and for our community. We pray all this in the name of your son Jesus and your children say together, Amen and Amen and Amen. This is the time of worship when we worship the Lord and we offer worship with our tithes, our offering, our giving. For you worshiping with us online, you will find on your screens the way to support your church in our mission in order to bring the Word of God into our community and beyond. So let us receive the offerings and tithes for us present here. Amen. So let us pray. Generous and loving God, we thank you for the many joys and signs of love and encouragement in our lives. With these gifts we now bring, we want to share those signs of love, those signs of encouragement and joy in the lives of others in the lives of those who are in need and through the ministries of our church we want to follow you in christ's name we pray and your children say together amen and amen thank you so jesus said uh, in the world you will have tribulation but take courage my friends I have overcome the world. So remember Jesus promises that in God, in God, the future is always better. Despite what is in front of us, in God, the future is always better. If you need a prayer after the benediction, you can come to the altar and we will pray for you.
So please stand as you are able to receive the benediction. And as we are enduring the journey, as we follow Jesus, may the peace of God, the love of the Son, and the power of the Holy Spirit to be witnesses, be with you, with your families, now and forever. Amen. And let the people of God say... Amen.